Welcome back to Range Anxiety. It's that time again, 30 years of automotive tuning experience in 30 minutes, coming at you a couple of times, few times, I have many times I feel like it a week. Today's a Sunday session, and I'm sitting here, oh, I've got a bit of a head cold coming on. It's probably the COVID. So if you don't hear from me again after this, I may be intubated, or I might just have a man cold and be having a sook, which is more likely. Now, we've had some fairly interesting feedback from people, as we always do. And a lot of the, um, not a lot, a few uh, of the listeners um, of these Epicasts are sending me emails saying, tell us about some of the cars you've had. You know, they see me driving around and stuff that's pretty reasonable these days. And I figured that I've had this great collection of cars over the years and, you know, have owned all sorts of miracle, wonderful cars. No. Mainly, if you look at them all, and I reckon there's over a hundred, there's just tons of the bloody things. Uh, mainly, they were shit boxes. Yep. You know, I started out, I wasn't born with a golden silver spoon in my mouth, and uh, what little I am is, is pretty much self-made, so I've owned some fair dogs with fleas when it comes to cars. So let's run through some of them. You know, I, I was driving along earlier today, and I couldn't even begin to remember some of the cars that I've had. So I'm going to give myself a little bit of a, a quiz here and we're going to try and spend like 30 seconds or a minute on every car that springs to mind and uh, explain a little bit about what they were and what happened with them. So where did it all start? I was 16 years of age and of course what you do is you, you know, if you've been working part-time at a little supermarket job or you know, corner store job, you go out and you buy your first car. So it was my first car. It was a Mark 1 1300 Escort. It was purple. It was manual. It was a two-door. I reckon it was a 74 model, and it was all pretty stock. Good little car to learn to drive in, actually. Didn't mind it at all um, until I was following around. So I had an interest in motorsport, you know, from, from a young man. I, I was just started university, and I was following around the local uh, South Australian Rally Championship in the Adelaide Hills, and... It was dark and wet and just normal shitty Adelaide Hills winter weather. And I turned right and I didn't look hard enough. And a Land Cruiser caught me right in the driver's door and front guard. So that uh, was bent as a banana and that finished that off. Number two. Number two was a rather nasty, rusty HR Holden. Yeah, not a bad thing, actually. It, nothing really went wrong with it. Uh, I used to drive a lot down south at the time, up a very big hill, um, which is a, you know, a killer Wollonga Hill, for those that know what it is. It was quite a climb, and yeah, uh, on a hot day, the thing would overheat and slow right down. But other than that, it was pretty, pretty reliable until it blew a retread out at 60 mile an hour, 100, 110 k's an hour, and ripped half the rear quarter off it. So uh, that one ended up going in the bin or getting sold for a couple of hundred bucks as well. Number three. Now this was an interesting car. I'm probably one of the quirkiest things I've ever owned and I'm not sure why I even bought it in the first place. However, as a kid, a little kid, I used to think Fiat 500s, Cinquecentos, whatever they were called, those little air called Fiat's, I used to think they were cool little things. They were cheap as chips at the time, but by the time I sort of got around to buying something like that, they were, yeah, they were pretty old, pretty pretty rancid things. And so 
I got the next best thing that sprung up, and I thought it was really cool. It was a Honda Z360. And it was that, yeah, that's right, 360ccs with the gear stick that comes straight out of the dash. So you can have your hands on the steering wheel, and you can shift one, two, three, four without really taking your left hand off the wheel. Really interesting little car, and not as gutless as it might sound, but it had some terrible CV knock or transmission noise in it. But I remember it wasn't a hell of a lot slower up that same hill down south than the HR, which I think would have been a, a 161 column shift three-speed uh, manual was. So yeah, the little Honda was a good thing. I ended up, oh God, what happened to that? I think I ended up selling that one privately and it got snapped up fairly quickly and that, that was a good little car and just unobtainable now, especially the little air-cooled version or not the later water-cooled one. Funkiest looking rehatch you've ever seen and the size of a skateboard. I remember when a bunch of mates turned it, I was in a car park and they picked it up and they turned it sideways in the car park. Yeah, that was quite funny. Not until I had to try and drive it out of there. Number four, Leyland Mini. It was a 998, I think, or a 1000cc or something around that mark. And I owned that. It was a, a powdery, or no, a darkish sort of blue thing. Yep, had a bit of rust. Wasn't the most beautiful thing. My, my, my good friend Mark Tilbrook was running a mini business back then. And my brother used to work there as well. He used to do a bit of mini work. And the thing needed an engine. So they had some access to these great, uh, out of the factory new sort of motors or new recon or something they were and they were some horrible shitty goldy color and mark said to me what color would you like to, like it painted so used to paint everything that bmc green sort of metallic color and um like cooper s has had and i said to him at the time i said look i really don't care mark just get it done as quickly as you can it can be blue with a pink head if you want and uh, yeah, when I went to pick it up about a week later with a brand new motor, guess what? It was blue with a pink cylinder head. Thanks a lot, Mark. Yeah, what happened to that one? I reckon I sold that one too, but not before I was defected for bald rear tyres. The cops didn't, uh, didn't uh, take too um, kindly to that. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, I drove, I just remember now, I drove the HR Holden into a power pole um, when I had my eyes off the road doing something and centre punched that. Lucky I didn't bloody well kill myself. Um, what else was there? After that, I reckon I got into the first of my Alphas. I got a, a Bertone GDV, a 105 series. It was a South African known in colloquially as a black car, however, it was white. Um, and it was one of the very rare factory automatics. And everyone's saying, oh, what are you doing buying an automatic Alpha 4? Well, it actually drove. It was very, very cheap at the time, but it actually drove really, really well. I was quite surprised about that. Pity that half the thing was made out of paper mache because it had rusted out so heavily. It, yeah, it was a terrible thing. And I ended up giving that away or selling it or swapping it to a mate that started welding bars and shit into it to make it into a sports sedan. I don't believe that poor little two liter ever saw the light of day ever again and good riddance to it anyway. 
Our Feta GT though that I replaced it with, see I've forgotten even the numbering system now, there's been that many bloody cars. Our Feta GT sedan I replaced it with, pretty cool. First car I ever had that had air conditioning and yeah, it even worked and it also had a factory sunroof. Problem is it was that horrible, horrible light beige color with a gray velour interior and yeah, while the interior was quite nice, the externals were pretty pretty nasty uh, in terms of colour and it had little patches of rust starting around the rear windscreen as those things all do and uh, best memory of that car though I was driving up a, a de-restricted uh, freeway by me and I remember all the Holden V8s the HJs HXs HZs of the era that were old buckets of crap like this Alpha or like you know 8, 10, 12 years old at the time they would stop at about 170 kilometres an hour. I don't care what how fast people told you they were, they were slow. But, you know, just over 100 mile an hour, that was a brick wall for your V8 Holden. And you could always tell they were trying because they had little big whirlies of smoke coming out the back of them and the Alpha was really, really good for high-speed stuff. It would do like 190 or 185. So it could blast past any of these local things. Yeah. From there... I don't know if I got this order right. I ended up with a Ford Falcon XT Ute with a Fairlane front on it. That was a pretty cool thing and it had a Speco floor shifter in it. So off the column, onto the floor. And yeah, it was a 221 cubic inch six, if I remember rightly, and didn't have any horsepower. But this was the first car I ever went to the drags in and it ran an 18.2 second quarter which was none too shabby. No, actually, it was just bloody slow. But this car's claim to fame was it was the first car I ever had that could do a proper brake job burnout. So rev it up in first, step off the clutch, hook onto the brakes, because of course the rear brakes didn't work, and you could just feather this thing and smoke it till it popped a tyre. I ended up selling that car to a good mate and yeah he drove it around for years it's probably in the scrapyard now it wasn't the world's prettiest thing but it was sort of cool now it would be considered super cool you know because people just love that old crap now yeah nah not me wasn't too bad then i come across uh, came across something pretty interesting uh, and it was fairly original but i had my, my mate again mark tilbrook he went through it for me and did it up for me uh, because he was just a nice guy and he liked Helping me out, I don't know why. I used to help him out a bit, I suppose. But it was a KE20, I reckon, or a K15. It was like a 69 Corolla Sprinter. Little twin carb thing. It was just cool as hell. And it was quite, you know, I suppose the word for it, it was quite a rorty little thing. You know, it had a little bit of punch, but it looked really cool. And if I had it today it'd probably be worth a fortune. I sold it to a mate that went by the name of Helmet, who's no longer with us, and he, uh, yeah, he drove it around for a while, but that was a great little car, and one that I never should have sold. So where did I go after that? Wow, I've had so many bloody cars. I reckon I bought a... Oh, let me think. I reckon I bought a Toyota Hiace diesel van. This whole diesel thing, I, I needed a van to do some stuff because I was 
doing a little bit of car racing at the time, not particularly successfully, but I needed a van to cart tyres around and stuff in, and that was my first foray into diesels, because we got, I went down and saw my mate, Billy, at Adelaide Turbo Services, and I found a turbo manifold for it, I reckon it was off some sort of Jap import or something at the time, we bolted it to it, and put a turbo on it, uh, wound up the fuel pump, and yeah, that that actually went really well. I reckon it made like a 100% torque and a 100% power gain, putting in like a couple of thousand dollar turbo conversion on it. And it wasn't that old, this thing. So yeah, I was I was pretty happy with that. And yeah, that, that never blew up or anything really, which is pretty nice. So I ended up driving that around for a fair while. At that time, I had my Honda Civic AT SI road car which I turned into an improved production, uh, what they call Group 2E or club car these days. And yeah, that I ended up, uh, so it had a, oh, it was like a ZC16 engine. So it was just before the VTEX came out, a twin cam. And I sent it over to a guy who was quite well-renowned in Western Australia, a guy called Tony Flood, good rally guy and a good engine builder. And he built the engine for it. And I reckon... Oh, one of the V8 supercar guys that ended up being a big wig at Stone Brothers had a little bit to do with putting it together too. And this this was dynamite, this thing. It was a fast little uh, track car, like a really fast little track car, and uh, went on to set lap records in its class and do all sorts of things that people still can't do in new cars today at, at Malala and even Collingrove to a degree. It was a national record holder there. It was a state record holder at Malala. And uh, this little ZC engine was a beauty. It used to have eight grand. Um, had all sorts of good bits in it. Uh, my good friend Mark, he bought me a Mugen LSD for it, which was really the heart of its performance. And I ended up getting some Weber 45 style throttle bodies and putting a Delco 808 Camira VN Commodore computer on it, which was really, really interesting little conversion at the time because not much was known about how to program those things in conversions with really low inlet manifold vacuum and yeah that was that was just a crazy little thing and I was, I was very proud of what we did with that but that ended up getting sold to a mate who uh raced it for a little while promptly blew it up a few times fixed it and yeah went on to, to still be quite successful with it that was a good little car then with the racing bug I got my hands on another Ford Escort a European two liter and this had a Ford Mazda Telstar turbo and I reckon I must have touched on this story with Delco man because he did all the work on it and ran like a, a Camira distributor instead of the crank trigger those things run off a sewing machine belt I think we went through that and again we ran it off the um uh, uh what did we do we ran a drive off off it and we ran it on the Delco we ran it on the Delco ECU again and yeah it promptly blew up too because we had a problem with it being able to control the timing and it would just get to a point where it would have machine gun detonation and just fly apart yep that was not the most successful thing and then i got a later model civic to race and i spent a squillion dollars putting a cage in it stripped it down it was a eg series four door and i was going to put a prelude 2.2 vtec in it and i was going to run a built auto with it and experiment with paddle shifters on it at the time that car just never got finished. It was beautifully set up, beautifully painted, but we never got it running. Just other things, life got in the way, I suppose you could say. And we ended up 
selling that one off. And that's where I got into my Japanese thing not long after that. I got a CA18 S13. It was an auto. It was the girlfriend at the time. And, you know, that was a good little car. That would that was the second best burnout car I had. It was such an original little thing. It would do skids a mile long, an absolute mile long. And I ended up selling that back to the company that I bought it off. And, yeah, they paid quite good money for it. Apart from a leaky turbo flange, that thing never hurt me. Then there was the four-door R33 Skyline. We might have talked about this one already. But a mate and I did a full road legal engineered GTR conversion on that. It was an auto. I had an MV Automatics or a local expert trans builder beef up the auto trans. And we left the standard auto trans computer in it and put a GDR Power FC, Apex Power FC ECU on the GDR motor. That was running 12 second passes and it had the standard brakes. I mean, the, the standard GDR brakes. It had, also, it had some nice stuff on it. That went on to be sold too. And I think the next owner... You know, he sold it, I think, into state. That went on to run some 11 second passes, looking just pretty stock. I remember when I spun a bearing in it, when it broke the oil pump drive, Adelaide International Raceway, just over revving it, crossing the line, keeping the auto in the right gear. I think third, I extended the rev limiter, probably a few hundred RPM too far, and it ran out of oil pressure, and it did a rod bearing, tack, 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 no oil pressure, we put one rod in it, had a look at the others, they were right, put one rod, one fresh set of bearings, and boom, away it went again, and it went for years like that, that was a super duper car, from there I got a little bit, a little bit excited about the Jap stuff, and I bought myself quite a nice, it was an import, I picked it out in Japan, R32 GDR, it was a Ooh, 89 model or something like that. It was a gunmetal grey thing and it was quite stock. I put some AVO turbo, some, you know, little stock upgrades on it and an AVO intercooler that my mate Doug had taken off his car at the time. So he was going to big TDO6s or something. And this thing was a jet. This is the first car I had that made 300 kilowatts at the wheels. And, and it was great. It was fast through the hills. All my mates with big turbo GDRs that had gone crazy at the time just could not keep up with it out of corners. You know, they'd put their foot down and go, but boof, I was already gone. The little turbos worked well. Let that be a lesson to you. My best memory of that car was launching it one day, rev limiter launch, boom, let it go, and the speedo stopped. It went to fault mode. It broke the speedo cable. Watch out with that. When you launch your R32s, they don't mind eating the odd speedo cable. From there, what was there? Yeah, JZZ30 Toyota Sora. Now, this was an odd thing. It was a 1J, obviously. 1J twin turbo. And it was a manual, factory manual. I thought that was cool to have a five-speed one. Turned out that the five-speed in it was the biggest heap of shit ever. You couldn't shift it fast. It would break um, thrust washers in the gearbox and cause the gearbox to eat itself alive and cost thousands to fix. It was a bit of a shit gearbox. We kind of finally got it right and got it sorted. It had a helical LSD in it that you could break pretty easily too if you drove it too hard. So I ended up with a oh, uh, OS plate style or a TRD plate style LSD in it. That that car was cool because it was the very, very start of the E85 era in Australia and people just did not know what you were talking about when you spoke about E85. And I found in Japan a second-hand 
it was a HKS single turbo, a TO4R complete bolt-on kit for it. And I ran this thing on the stock motor. We all know those Toyotas are pretty indestructible. And I ran this thing on the stock motor with about 20 PSI boost on E85 and wound it up with the special power FC I had in it. And yeah, it made 340 kilowatts at the time. It was, I forget what it was called. It was Project something or other in the Zoom magazines. And yeah, it opened people's eyes, I think, a little bit at the time to what these old cooking model Toyota engines could do. That was pretty cool. But in between that, when I sold the GDR before I went back to the Sora, I bought my first brand new car, which was a VX SS LS1 Commodore. I mean, aluminium Chev six-speed, manual six-speed. And why it might seem like a stupid thing to have bought today you know, I based a whole business off that and, you know, made obviously a lot of money and had a lot of learning and did a lot of cool things with it, that car. It never really ran. I think the best it ran was a 13.1 second pass as a manual. And I had special headers made for it and tuned it specially and did special inlets and all that crap. But yeah, 13.0 was about it. It was just hard to make work with a manual trans. So I went out and bought, when they, again, another brand new car, a VY one tonner. A mate of mine had access, he worked, did some work for Dana, uh, the rear end people, and I managed to get an airlocker 411 for it. They used, I believe, that same center in the Falcon, Ford Falcon RTVs or some semi-jacked up off-road Falcon they did. So put this on the tonner, put some slicks on it, a standard stall converter, just full exhaust system, uh, tune, rip the sides off the tray to save some weight, bang, straight up, 12.9, 12.8 at 103 mile per hour, there you go, at the drags, straight in the 12s. I ended up putting a little bolt-on Vortec on that thing, I could never work it out, work out at the time what didn't make any top-end power, that's because it had standard valve springs that were just falling over, the VYs absolutely terrible for that but that went on to run uh, mid 11s and it went on to win the first ls1 drag nationals um uh, super street division cutting 400 lights every time and I, I went on about that um other cars that are notable i've mentioned obviously i've owned a couple of different r35s over the years i do hold the record i think of owning an r35 for two years and never having anything a second hand one one that had done 100,000 miles or 160,000 Ks and never having had anything go wrong with it. In fact, that was a, a super good car and I really regret selling it in some ways now. You know, and there have been hundreds of other cars in between. Uh, well, there must be hundreds. There'd be at least a dozen Porsches. I don't talk about them much because I'm not much of a early 911 fan. I found them quite revolting things to drive. Later ones, 996 onwards, like I've said before, great cars that I have. Any new Porsche, absolutely bloody fantastic. Even that stupid electric toucan thing that's got a range of like 50Ks, that's still just a bloody good car. It's no Tesla, mind you, but people will tell you I say that because I'm just a brainwashed fanboy now. Is there anything else of note? Anything terrible today? Is anything really blowing up on me? Not really, not even the race cars. That's because I, I must be a bit of a weak driver. Anyone that's seen me, I mean, I've run into start lines and I've done things like that and I've 
I've shared a Subaru with a mate at Phillip Island and he bought it back to me as what we call the Cockle Train, which is a local train, steam train here. It came back blowing smoke like that. But that was no one's fault. That's just a Subaru thing. So there you go. There's our time gone, done, and put to bed like that. Hey, thanks for listening to Range Anxiety. And if I check back in soon, I don't have the COVID.